Logical Progression, Year 3, Chapter 12, Lesson 4. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa la aqlibu tilbittaqeen. Wa la idwana illa ala zalimeen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam. Wa barakallahu nabina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu fiqh. Jazakumullah khair for being on time. Everyone here nice and ready, mashaAllah. Alhamdulillah, by the the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yesterday I think went very well. Um... Kind of from every angle, uh, the first video, I mean obviously you guys didn't mention anything, the first video, the first session had a few kind of freezing pauses and whatever, um, but that was dealt with very quickly by the back end, and um, and uh, I was reviewing some of the videos, I was really surprised, subhanAllah, the quality is very, very good, and um, I don't know whether it's because of, you know, I have a faster connection at home or something like that, but the... Um, what was really impressive was the ability to be able to move through Sharh Mumtaz, the Arabic, so quickly when you're looking at the screen. I found that very yani, smooth, very quick, and very good. So, uh, yesterday, uh, from an organizational point of view, from a food point of view, from every kind of angle, subhanAllah, we can't thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enough for how easy He made it. Yesterday was the difficult day. Today is the what I consider to be, like I said to you, when it comes to bleeding, the issue of bleeding and the issue of uh, sexual health, I don't know what kind of general area you call this, or, but, or, or female-specific fiqh, whatever name you give it. Um, it's kind of yesterday's issues with Najasa and whatever, they're the more difficult ones. Um, and alhamdulillah, we're ahead of, the, uh, ahead of the game. And so we can spend some time, inshallah. And I wanted to, uh, after thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I want to thank you for being good students, um, being diligent, um, being attentive, being patient, because it's not easy. You know, uh, the intensive model of study only really works um, if you have students who are so, so interested in a subject that, you know, like I said before, they're quite happy to sit in front of the old eight-year-old croaky guy who can't speak proper English and, you know, whatever, because they don't care about presentation, <coughs> they don't care about entertainment, they don't care anything, they're just, you know, obsessed with the knowledge and they're happy to get it from someone who's got it. So you either fall into that category, um, and or you fall into the category that you love Allah, you love His Messenger, you love the Deen, you want to learn, and you genuinely cannot uh, stay awake for so long or keep yani attentive for so long, and that's what's developed. You know the universal model now, which is applied called edutainment. All right, and edutainment is this kind of concoction between education and entertainment. It gives what the students need in a way which is doesn't seem like it's almost like painful study. And uh, we kind of, in this kind of class, we're almost towards the in-between and the weekend models, which I prefer, frankly, um, for a transfer because it's a lot easier upon the teacher um, as well as upon the student to take in and whatever. Um, it's for the wider kind of uh, masses, and this is something which very few people can handle. And that's why we have to look to the benefit. Where is it? Not necessarily always in the majority of people, the, the, the more a number of people, greater number of people. Sometimes, you know, how many times as Allah says, a fi'atun qalila has taken out a fi'atun yani, which is far bigger than that, bifadlillah, or bi'idhnillah, as Allah says in the Quran. So, um, I want to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for making it easy. I want to thank Shazad yesterday for putting in a, a, a mental shift uh, for a few hours sleep and then, you know, here from early morning and Friday night as well and Zafar as well specifically, and the rest of the team, Wasif as well on the back end, 
again, really yesterday brought it home to me when I went home and looked at the portal, just what an incredible job that he's done with that portal. The technical uh, side, Nadif as well, all the brothers, whatever. I want to thank um, uh, Al-Maghrib Institute who are sponsoring this. They pay for everything that goes into the technical side of it. This is their project. Okay, prophetic guidance are on the ground meeting it out, but this is Al-Maghrib's project. So I want to thank the people who are behind that. I want to thank the volunteers behind that. And also the people who donate to Al-Maghrib because ultimately that's where the costs of this program come from. And so after thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's very important to thank those people who support the da'wah. And then, of course, we shouldn't forget the people who support financially logical progression as well. And that's with respect to the equipment that you see here and the subscriptions that need to be paid. Yesterday, for example, we had to make a, an instant payment of £172 all right, just to upload the, the video um, uh, for the, those people who can't access YouTube. You see? Like there's random things that happen just like that. A lot of people can't access YouTube. So we, we upload the video into Vimeo. So those from Pakistan, which is a significant number of students. You, you don't think like this. I mean, mashallah, you know, the, the class has gone way beyond we, we, we you know, envisaged. And when I go to Pakistan, it's amazing. People come up, you know, I, I'm, I'm a student of LP. I'm watching it all the time, whatever. And they can only watch it on, on, on Vimeo. Um, and it just because we were normally, you might normally see what happens on the portal, when a class is recorded, the, 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 the kind of technology that we use, okay, and pay for, which is the Wirecast system, which you see Shaz using all the time, um, on the online side, obviously, you're seeing all these things, you know, moving in and out, text showing on the screen, this, that, whatever, internet, uh, transitions, blah, blah. What you're, seeing is, what you're seeing here is a software which is linked to YouTube at a paid level, and what happens as soon as the live session finishes, it puts the video straight up onto your site and it's live immediately. But then we have to then change that to Vimeo. So it needs to be uploaded to Vimeo and then replaced. And, um, you know, uh, 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 the way that these companies survive is that they have different level of accounts. So if it's your odd video, then it's not a problem. But if you want to upload a HD video, then they're going to charge you. And if you want to upload it where it's two and a half gigs in size, then they're going to say you have to become a pro user, etc., etc. So there's a lot of costs, actually. We have a significant amount of costs, and we are at the moment kind of up and down, up and down on that. And there are a number of people, a number of people, who are regularly, uh, monthly, paying standing orders, logical progression. I just want to remind those people that the ajr is of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but to have a lot of faith in how many people are affected by that. It gets all over the place, this knowledge. So alhamdulillah, we cannot... Praise him enough. So, with that said, we will then move on to this subject. I also want to say that um, I'm aware of the questions that are being submitted online, okay? Um, uh, under the anonymous link, and Shazad will keep, uh, will keep uh, you know, uh, online. Shazad, remember to always put uh, people who are online, if you are new to the game, Always click in between the resources, questions, whatever. Always go up and down the comment section because you'll see different links. So you'll see Widad and you'll see Shazad, another Nadif and whatever. They're remotely posting links which are either towards articles. One of them we're going to study later, for example, but that will be on the screen anyway. Uh, the link to the anonymous um, uh, question uh, uh, submitter. So you can click people who are online and they don't because obviously it shows your name if you comment. And if you're not comfortable with that, then just click on that link and then you can anonymously send your question. Or you can just email it to academics at logical progression, uh, academics at progressive guidance.co.uk and uh, give it to Udad. 
I asked them uh, if in this session, if all the unanswered questions from yesterday, if they can post them now, so I'll collect them for the Q and A session later on. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I, um, um, I don't want to answer too many questions from online or certainly the anonymous ones <coughs> yet. Um, it's important for us. We have a very main primary aim, and that is to finish our text so that we are ready for the big one, Kitab al-Salat. Yeah, okay, and that's the priority. And the way that we're going, I think it's going to be okay, inshallah, where we're going to finish yani, well in time, hopefully for my plan to have one or two sessions just for questions, all right? So uh, then we're going to gather all the questions from yesterday and, and so on. So the anonymous questions will be answered at that, uh, towards later, later today and all, all, also the ones that are there. And those folks who are here, if you don't want to ask the question, then you can write the question down and that's, you know, whatever's easy, uh, whatever's easier for you. Uh, so I wanted to say that as well. Um, any other points? Any other issues? Anything else? No, huh? Yeah. And then we've got the poll results. What's happened with the poll results? Um, yeah, they're through. Yeah. I will tell you the poll results and we might, might do another poll later. But um, Also, I wanted to say if those who are online, especially my missus, Yanni, get the bloody kids out of the room right now, okay? <laughs> Okay, because anyone who's who are doing a family viewing, I noticed, yeah, I would have thought it was common sense that we're doing menstruation and all that kind of things, yeah, that you're not going to have the kids in the room. Unfortunately, that's not the case as I found out last night when I got home, yeah. Alhamdulillah, damage, it was, it was limited damage, yeah, limited damage. Alhamdulillah, the, the, the table, tennis table is up, and Alhamdulillah, it's been acting as the right kind of fitness, pulling them away from the screen when they got bored. Only problem is that that's not the boring part, sorry. Anyway, so I'm just giving advance warning that just for the next, uh, certainly for the next um, maybe half hour, we're going to discuss some stuff which is uh, obviously at the extreme end. Um, yeah, you're not giving the poll results. Uh, just bear with me. Bear with you. How much? I'm not going to bear with you. And you're having a baby or something or what? <laughs> My goodness, there's one link I can find it quicker than you. Go on. You need to create the results. I need to. That's somewhat a waste of time. You are okay. Forget it. Okay, I, I, I don't have that patience. Right. Okay. So, the text that we stopped at, okay, uh, was in the uh, English or in the Arabic. For Ali, uh, uh, we covered the the text for Ali. He dinarun aw nisfuhu kafaratun wa yastamtiu minha bima dunahu. Okay. Um, so that is, um, where is that? I think you mentioned about the principle, like, you know, any statement on the social mentions for men, women includes in that. Right. I think it was, um, the, um, <coughs> Acts are invalid. She, she prays and if she fasts. Oh, here we are. Here we are. So it is prohibited to have vaginal. It is it is prohibited to have vaginal intercourse with her. If done, the man must pay a dinar or half a dinar as an expiation. And we we spoke about that. Okay, we talked. We spoke about the principle of when the woman is to pay as well. If she knows what's happening, if she understands the ruling, if she is aware and conscious while she's doing it, if she's not being forced, if she's not yeah, any content with it. Then you know that's the key kind of parameters. If she's you know plus on any one of those, she pays the kafara as well. She shares in the sin as well. Um, and sometimes it might be the other way. I remember one. Of the, I remember one of the mashayikh being asked. Um, 
uh, and I really I mean it, the kids should be out of the room right now, okay, because it's obviously now very sexual and so on. Um, I remember one of the Mashaikh being asked um, that uh, um, uh, the woman was, was menstruating and the, the husband was fasting and she uh, needed sexual, you know, she had a sexual needs and she wanted to be touched and so on by the husband. Husband had no intention whatsoever. Husband, Miskin, actually thought the whole thing is haram and fasting anyway. All right? You know, that whole general idea. And there's a khilaf on that first of all anyway. Let's just, just deal with that very quickly. I don't know whether we dealt with that in in year one or two or something. I don't know. But uh, the issue of... Oh, yeah, we did it in the, 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 the one session we did on fasting for Ramadan. You know, the fasting video. Um, the fiqh of fasting. So um, when it comes to that, obviously, there's a, the famous hadith where the Prophet ﷺ would kiss Aisha radiallahu anha whilst he was fasting. And when Aisha was asked about that, she said that... His... Um, uh, uh, he is more in control of his yani, shahwa, yeah, his desires. He doesn't, he doesn't let it go out of control to you know where it would invalidate the fast. Um, a, a statement suggesting that this is not for everyone, but I mean, um, a suggesting not that's not certainly her opinion, but it suggests that. Um, and then the scholars therefore differed upon that, and then some said absolutely zero contact. Because, you know, genuinely men can't handle it. You don't know. You're not the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You had the strength of 10 men. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and the others, they said, no, the Prophet Sallallahu is an example for us. He did the action. It was noted by his wife. And therefore, it is permissible. Any intimacy is permissible. And then they did differ. What's permissible? Then some said simple kiss. That's permissible. And, you know, the kisses of different types. There's a sexual kiss. And then there's this one, you know, which is, uh, you know, polite kind of kiss. Hello kiss. Welcome kiss. Goodbye kiss kind of thing. And so... Uh, the polite one, some said that's what all it was and that's all it is. And others said, no, a sexual kiss, which is part of intimacy. Uh, the, whole, the whole point of intimacy, you got to understand that uh, when, when the scholars look at the, the concept of intimacy at any level, it's all about enjoyment. And it's all about pleasing one's desires. And one's desires, as I said to you yesterday, the sexual desire is far stronger than any other desire. Any other desire, as Imam al-Ghazali said. Okay? And uh, he's right, of course. Um, and the... Um, so the sexual desire is a huge thing, but it has levels that it can be satisfied at. Okay, uh, whether it is you know, um, uh, meaning that full-on intercourse is the absolute maximum, and sometimes maybe a kiss is sufficient to stave off a uh, you know stave off that certain desire that might force you to go somewhere else or do something else. Yani haram. That's why Subhanallah, when you study the world religions uh, uh, and the like, if you think about it, uh, menstrual blood, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have made it very clean and very pure and still made us stop praying, right? So the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it look dirty, smell dirty, and actually it is made up of waste products, and it's made up of waste products, there's no doubt that if you don't understand the ruling that it is najis, it even looks najis, yeah? And therefore, and it's impure, and a woman is is in a state of impurity. Okay, and that um, that physiological reality, or that physical reality that they observe and they see, uh, um, does kind of create a certain mindset where 
they are. I don't know how to. I don't know how to even. Um, I don't even know how to uh, articulate this. But what I'm what I'm trying to say is that it's not a normal state. They know that they're not in a normal state. Now, that was enough to create a whole load of different kind of realities uh, in in the world's different in the world's people. Okay. Uh, you know, some of the ancient kind of folks, uh, those that were very kind of polytheistic and, uh, you know, mushrik kind of uh, ideologies and so on, they went all over the place. And so you might have seen some of these videos about Kalash tribes, for example, Pakistan, the Hindus, for example, the Nepalese, for example, some of the ignorant kind of uh, Buddhists, because in <coughs> Buddhism, strictly, this is not the case. The Jewish uh, uh, example, actually the Old Testament, so it should be the Christian as well. Uh, of course, the Christian one is funny because the Christians don't care about anything anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the Bible says; they don't really act upon it. They don't have, they don't care for a legal system. But the Jews will always take it very, very seriously. You will see that in every single uh, one of these, the woman is not even approached, and you know, uh, depending upon how serious you take it, she's either shunned completely. <coughs> I mean, in Nepal, I think it was Jiva who you posted a video, right? Some next level one, and if you want to see it, all right, you can just you know I posted um, I posted a couple of days on Facebook. You'll see it in the comments under Jiva's name. Um, it's crazy, man. Uh, you know, when the time of the month comes, they 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 are forced into a little hut, okay, uh, and they stay in that hut for as long. What's this? Oh, the the thingy. Now, yeah? Thank you very much, Yandi. MashaAllah, good timing. <laughs> they are forced into the hut. Very relevant. How many days are they going to spend in the hut? Allah. <laughs> 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 Absolutely, sir. Oh my God. Okay, Chella, let's have a look there. <laughs> That was spontaneous, man. Oh, my God. 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 Oh, uh, this was the results. Put it on the screen. Then it's on screen, yeah. No, I mean online screen. Yeah. So um, this is a result of 126 anonymous sisters who take this class. Okay, and they range, and I know that they range. There's some, there's some aunties, quote unquote, grandmothers in there as well, um, and there's a lot, a lot in the kind of the 20 to 30 kind of bracket. A lot of, a lot of women with children as well. And there are a lot of young sisters. I know that from Maghrib classes when some sisters come up to me, there are some young, like, you know, university, whatever, pre-marriage. So we've got a good range of women, all right? And mostly Western world, okay? Mostly Western world because the Pakistani sisters would not have really got involved in this just yet because the, they don't access the video because the Vimeo only went up like midnight or whatever last night. Uh, Malaysian sisters will be included in this as well. Uh, so that's Far Eastern. And that's a very different... Uh, a temperate climate completely, Annie. You know, obviously, with all of this humidity, humidity plays a major factor, and it is so humid in the Far East, right? So, uh, the, le the left hand column A refers to the length of days, yes, that their period is three days, five days, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and then the numbers. So, look at look how interesting it is, okay? Um, you have some two there who have a regular cycle. Remember, this, the question was, what is your regular cycle? Not what your maximum cycle ever was. 
regular cycle and you've got some outliers so you've got a couple of sisters who have very short cycles at three and you've got a couple of sisters who have got you know 12 days and 14 days just to show that it's not crazy you know that's what happens but the the vast majority are around that five six seven and eight in that middle kind of that median and then what the prophet said which is six or seven okay and allah knows best that is where the majority came in which is you know just uh, uh, it's just nice to see that in real life as well the majority were on seven all right okay so okay moving actually on from the funny side of shazad's statement okay and looking at the serious side of that okay so the woman in nepal will be in the same scenario so you're looking at least you know six seven eight days the majority of them will will be in this hut now let me explain to you what if you didn't see the video um if the house is as big as the marquee outside then the hut is a quarter of this room all right in size and for so i don't know i couldn't understand the reason but the uh, uh, you can't stand up in it so it's like a very short one okay it's like a very short uh, hut like it's like, like, like a doghouse yani it literally it's like a doghouse yeah and it's a hut meaning it's got hay on top like, very separate from the house which is like proper done right and it's a hut we're not for one woman all of them get sent there so it's like always in action. Yani, you know, there's few in there and then a few join, then a couple leave and then a few more come. And, you know, one might be there 14 days. She sees all the girls come and go, come and go. But don't forget, they've got their kids in there as well. In this little dark thing, no electricity, no nothing, whatever. And they live there and they stay there, the whole thing. And, uh, you know, you know, you want to just put your hand through the screen and slap someone. Yeah. Okay. Yani, this... This dog of a man, yeah? I don't care if he's jail, he's a dog, right? He goes, we can't have them in the house, soiling the house. He says, outside, on a mountain, right? Yeah, and he's surrounded by mud. He's speaking on mud. Custom is speaking on mud. Outside his Yanni Hale mansion, right? It's a, he lives in a, in, a, in, a, in a brick kind of, you know, <coughs> miskeen third world house, you know? You know what I mean, right? Okay? Which doesn't have a floor, doesn't have tiles, doesn't have carpet, right? It's also got an earth floor. He's outside, he's got cows and sheep and chickens running around. He goes, they've got to stay there. We can't have them walking this way because they'll soil the floor with, with, uh, with their blood. You know, when you read, when you watch that, you're thinking, Billah. Yeah, and alhamdulillah for the blessing of Islam. Wallahi, honestly. Amazing. And that's in Nepal. We have this in Pakistan, as I said to you, uh, I think last year or one of the classes. In, in, uh, in our culture or in our area, the, like the Pathan areas, we call this area Kufristan. Okay? Because they, they are actually non-Muslims. Yani. They don't yani, believe, they're like, I don't know, some kind of crazy sect. Um... I'm not sure if it's a Kalash tribe. I need to do some looking into it or something like that anyway. And uh, they've got the same flex when it comes to menstruation. They put their women in the, the thingy. There's a lot of Jewish kind of traits. So I'm just saying that, you know, they were completely, completely uh, uh, removed from society. Now, obviously, that's not good for anyone. Get the, get the complete oppression of the woman. But then obviously, at the same time, um, forget the oppression thing. All right. It's not even, it's not even... A indication of a society which is moving forward okay it's not even yani uh, it's not realistic that's what I mean 
because a woman has sexual desires. When she's menstruating, doesn't mean she doesn't have sexual desires. She still has her desires. And the husband, of course, who has a, a, a far greater, although that's disputed, but certainly I have no doubt about that, far greater sexual desire, and then requires that to be uh, tempered in some kind of way. And obviously there are levels that can happen. And that's why Sheikh Uthameen says that the uh, here, that yes, the man will... Uh, enjoy Mata'a is to enjoy Yastamti'a is to seek enjoyment okay um, from his wife in any way other than from her private parts for Yajus okay at the top of page 481 and so you'll know that as the in the hadith of Aisha that they would wear a uh, a waist wrapper okay and a waist I don't know what they call a waist wrapper you know sarong or whatever they call it I don't know yeah Lungi, yeah. They would they would wear one of these, and effectively uh, 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 covering basically navel to knee, right? Covering navel to knee, and then any sexual activity from below or above is then something which is permissible. Okay. فوق الإزار وبما دون الإزار. Izar is the thing which goes around. Okay. إلاه ينبغي. Uh, 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 that, yeah, she has to be. That, that barrier has to be there. That, bar- that barrier has to be there. If that barrier is not there, okay, then it is impermissible to be uh, uh, according to Malik, according to Abu Hanifa, and according to a Shafi'i. If that barrier is not there, it is impermissible to have any form of sexual kind of contact. Or enjoyment in that area, okay, in that area. Now, uh, now it's it is. And Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, she told Aisha, he told Aisha to cover herself. So that he would not see the uh, traces of blood. And it is permissible, it is permissible, and this is the humbly position by the way, okay, and it is in exception to the majority of scholars. It is permissible to take enjoyment through her thighs, okay. Now through her thighs means that therefore, what's the difference here? That the izar is not actually covering the navel to the knee, and that's what the other three imams they they made as a condition. They said it is a condition that that area is entirely covered, right? Whereas the Hanbalis and Sheikh Uthaymin as well, and actually the modern day scholars, they said that that doesn't stand up to the evidences. It is just the private parts which are a no go. Um, it's just vaginal intercourse, like they say, right? And so, as long as there's a barrier there, whatever, then a person can then you know do what he wishes, whatever she requires, whatever he requires. Um, Sheikh Uthameen says, if it is said, uh, how will you, uh, how will you respond to the statement um, of the Prophet Sallallahu that when he was asked about a man, what can he do with his wife while she is menstruating? He said to him, Sallallahu he said to him, لَكَ مَا فَوْقَ الْإِزَارِ Anything above the izar, you know, that goes. Okay? Anything that goes uh, above the izar. So, the upper part of the body. And what did we just say? We said the lower part. In fact, we actually said the thighs, didn't we? Okay? So, the uh, answer to that 
is um, that number one, it is it is possible that the Prophet is just pushing the person away from what potentially could be more risky. Okay, so obviously going lower is riskier, going higher is less so, and. أنه يحمل على اختلاف الحال فقول صلى الله عليه وسلم إصنع كل شيء إلى النكاح هذا في من يملك نفسه وقوله لك ما فوق الإزار هذا في من لا يملك نفسه إما لقلة دينه أو قوة شهوته This is a classic answer which is applied to many many of these kind of conundrums in Islam or in fiqh that the answer was specific to the questioner يعني differing from the state to state so when he said to her when he said to the other guy who asked him the same question he said to him that do whatever you wish other than vaginal intercourse the hadith we said yesterday and to this guy he said that uh, only stick above you know stick above the stick to us above the izar because he knows this one there's not much he, he doesn't really know too much about his deen or maybe he can't control his shahma so much whatever as the other guy is very very clear you know whatever and he knows the boundaries very well very much in control of his shahwa and so on and so forth okay um um just ba- just based upon that yeah, i just want to turn back because i just i i know that we're going a lot more quicker and I, I, that's nice you know i was thinking about this by the way i mean I, it might be an idea shaz was discussing yesterday that we try to do this on a regular basis um you do get a chunk kind of covered quite nicely but at the same time you know, we do have students who really appreciate the depth and especially the, you know, to look at the evidence. This is not obviously a normal class. This is a, an academic class. Um, and there is a hadith, this hadith, I just wanted to just uh, uh, tell you about this hadith that the Prophet ﷺ said to him, um, for you is what is above the izar, um, that... There are a lot of discussions. So if you actually go back to page 481 at the bottom, okay, then you will see that this hadith is narrated by Abu Dawood, the hadith where the Prophet said to the man, only above the izar, okay, for you only above the izar. It's narrated um, from the authority of Abdullah ibn Sa'ad. And in his chain, it has someone called Al-Ala ibn Al-Harith. And he is Saduq Faqi. He is someone who is to be... Uh, he speaks the truth, yani. He is generally someone who's truthful, okay? And he is a faqih, he is a scholar. Rumiya bil qadr. This is really good, okay? Rumiya bil qadr means that he was accused of, of being someone who uh, would deny uh, predestiny. If you remember back then, at the time of the Prophet and the companions and the early tabi'een, when it comes to bid'ah, it was like minimal. Right, all the bid'ah starts after the salaf, or not well, after the salaf, but yani, at least after the, the early kind of Sahaba Tabi'in generations. Uh, the first major bid'ah was the killing, of course, okay, the khawarij, and that opened up a whole nexus of bid'ah. And most of this came from Iraq, as we enjoy saying all the time, okay. And you'll see that the Shia, for example, came from there, the killing, the khawarij came from there, the issues of jahmiyyah and you know, destroying basically the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the denying of qadr. These were the early ones, the, 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 the believing that uh, the murji'ah, for example, which was, again was very, very kind of kufan as well, in that um, uh, the murji'ah are people who said that actually actions are not uh, uh, a component of iman. So as long as you believe, you're going to be okay. So they're more kind of a liberal kind of flex, the exact opposite to the khawarij almost, right? Almost. I'm, I'm summarizing it in very broad terms. So... Uh, there's only a few bid'ah. So if they did one, it would be very much focused on. Okay? 
today, for example, like thousands and thousands, right? So at that time, if you were involved in bid'ah, it was seen as a very serious issue. And it makes sense. Why on earth are you in bid'ah, right? In innovation and yani, deviant ideology when, yani, the, the, as they would say, the cloak of the Prophet is still warm. Yani, we just left the prophetic era. The companions are still amongst us. The tabi'een is still there. Deen is at its strongest possible. Knowledge is absolutely solid. What, on earth, what, what excuse that do you have to be making up stuff or to doing things which is nonsense or not getting clarification? And so with so few bid'ah and such a shocking yani, reality that someone could even do it, it was taken very seriously by the scholars and it would therefore qualify you or disqualify you and according to different opinions, from narrating hadith, for example, or being trusted, for example. And that's why it's important as a study of hadith to know who the narrators are. So that's why he says about this Allah ibn al-Harith, that rumiya bil qadr, that he was only accused yeah, of qadr, not that it would definitely happen. Waqad ikhtalat, yani that he used to mix up things sometimes, okay? And that is in Taqrib, okay? Taqrib is the book by uh, Ibn Hajar al-Nasqalani, which is a book which basically uh, lists the rulings or... or, or yeah, his final statement on different narrators. He's authentic, he's not, he's this, he's that. And, you know, there are many books like that. These books are what we call the Kitab al-Rijal, Ilm al-Rijal, the, the names of the men and their positions, okay? Um, what, this hadith, though, does have a supporting evidence. Which is narrated by Ibn Majah in the book of the establishing of the uh, uh, prayer. And also been narrated by Abu Ya'la and also by Al-Bayhaqi on the authority of Zayd ibn, ibn, ibn Abi Anisa and Abi Ishaq and Asim ibn Amr and Umar Mawla Umar and Umar ibn Khattab and it has been narrated uh, by other uh, roots as well. Um, uh, um, however, they contain a, a person by the name of Asim ibn Amr and he is Da'if. Um, Imam al-Bukhari he said لم يثبت حديثه قال أبو حاتم الرازي الصدوق يحول من كتاب الضعفاء الذين البخاري and um, فهذا يعني والحديث حسنه النووي وقال ابن كثير فهذه شواهد تدل على صحة هذا الحديث and Ibn Hajar then, then said how the hadith was Hassan. I'll give you the, the final conclusion Ibn Kathir said that if you look at this narration it has been collected in many different ways and they've all got some issues, some from Ibn Khattab, some from others, and some of them have weak narrators, some have don't, and some have people who have been considered weak by Bukhari. But Ibn Kathir, the uh, author of the tafsir, he said, if you look at all of these supporting evidences, they indicate, they indicate the authenticity of this hadith. And Ibn Hajar, he said, this is a Hassan hadith, an, authentic, uh, an acceptable hadith. So it's nice to always stop when we have a good study of hadith. So this hadith is authentic. We will take it on. Uh, a question. Um, if a man was to enjoy himself with his wife, okay, uh, in this kind of way, sexually, then it is not obligatory for him to make ghusl unless there is ejaculation. Okay? It is not obligatory for him to make ghusl unless he ejaculates. And the mar'a, إِذَا أَنزَلَتْ وَهِيَ حائض, Okay? And if the... Um, Female, she orgasms, okay, while she's menstruating, right? And she then also obviously emits her sexual fluids as well. We cover this in detail, by the way, for those, what year? Three or two? Three. 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 So that's just last year, okay? Uh, go back to uh, that if you're online, if, you want, if you're new, then you can review all the notes and everything. Um, what do you think happens? So she's in a state of, 
يعني حدث hard call okay because she's in menstruation and now she's in a state of janaba okay which is also kind of hard call hadith as well remember hadith is the word for ritual impurity <coughs> a ritual impurity which requires a ghusl okay so the uh, Sheikh Uthameen said it is recommended Makes a lot of sense, actually, what she said. Listen carefully. Um, it is recommended for her, not obligatory for her, to make ghusl, okay? So the, the, the first benefit we've learned is that a woman can still partake in sexual activity. And that's something important. A lot of people, you know, subhanAllah, uh, I mean, obviously men don't help here, but I mean, it's all focused on the men, 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 men. Oh, you're menstruating, your time of the month, yani, you know, what about the men? And uh, so, but people forget this, the woman as well. Women are also, women, with, uh, you know, creatures that have sexual needs, okay? All creatures have sexual needs. And so um, she requires sexual satisfaction. And what you've learned from this particular hadith is that it is possible for the women to also uh, require, demand, and be satisfied. Therefore, orgasm. If she orgasms and there's emission of sexual fluids, then it is recommend obligatory for the man, of course, recommended for her. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one is generally from a cleanliness point of view. Number two, to actually get rid of the actual state of janaba. Remember, janaba is not a physical impurity, it's a spiritual one. All right. So when I said the first one to physically clean herself, that's because of all the sexual fluids and this and that. Okay. So it's general cleanliness, makes sense. Number two, because to actually lift the conditional state of janaba. All right. Um, uh, 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 because it's a... It's a, it's a, it's a it's, it's, it's just a niya, all right? You could, you could have a bucket of water and pour it over your head and then just take up another bucket over your head and make another knee. Like, for example, someone on a Friday. If someone uh, did the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ and have sexual relations before Jum'ah, okay? Uh, before Jum'ah, which is the sunnah, according to the majority of scholars, okay? And then, um, and so if they have sexual relations, they have to make ghusl, sah? Yes, mm -hmm. and we know that it is sunnah, and some said wajib, but sunnah to make ghusl for Jum'ah Jum as well. So we have two, and the scholars different. You know, can you do one and have double intention, or should you do two separate ones? And I always prefer the safer position. It should always be two separate ones. Now, what does two separate ones mean? It doesn't mean that you go in and you shower and come out, get changed, perfumed up, then go back in again and shower. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, if you're using a shower, it's literally stand underneath the shower. One intention, step back, step back in, in again. I mean, at its bare minimum. Obviously, the full ghusl, we've covered that in detail. Year two, yeah? Three. Year three? Year three. So, uh, uh, you know, all the details are there. But I'm just saying that it's, it's, it's only a spiritual state you're, you're lifting. But it needs to be done. It needs to be done. So we want to lift that. But the third reason is the most important. Who can come up with the third reason? Yes? Since she forgets and delays the ghusl for Janaba until she's done finished her menstruation. Okay. And then if she forgets and she doesn't have that niya, yeah. then she's actually not lifted the state of Janaba, she's just lifted the state for menstruation. And okay, good, okay, good. Um, but that is the that is the uh, ta'leel, as we say, the reasoning behind the second reason. What you've just said is the wisdom and the ta'leel behind why she should lift the state of Janaba. 
I want a complete separate third reason. Going back to what I said to you yesterday about women and their, what I said about women. What did I say about women? That they are, I said many things about women, didn't I? That's not a very good point, okay. Let me just make that a bit more accurate. I said to you that they are creatures of ibadah. Yeah, okay. They have a love for ibadah, much more than men. So, would it, would it be, if you follow the position that they can read Quran, Okay, so the majority of scholars, and it is the correct position, and almost yeah, the consensus on this is that the one who is in a state of Janaba is not allowed to recite the Quran. Okay, and as you're going to see uh, later on, the one who is menstruating absolutely can, absolutely can recite the Quran, and uh, <coughs> and no reason to stop. And even in today's thing, uh, you know, uh, uh, from a Quran point of view, there'd be very little difference between menstruation and menstruation in our modern time. Okay. Um, but for the Janaba, the one who's in Junub, the one who's in a state of Janaba, sexually impure, they cannot recite the Quran. And so therefore, having this ghusl allows her to go back to at least reciting the Quran and teaching the Quran and whatever. Especially she's working, you know, she's a teacher or something. Yeah. There's another hadith about the Izar and anything other than yes. the Quran is allowed. Y- yes. Is that specific to menstruation? Because uh, some of the scholars consider it to be the same case for fasting. Um, and they use that same hadith. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if it's the same hadith as well. Yeah, yeah. So, Usama says, and remind me, okay, that when someone asks a question, that I repeat the answer because they were saying yesterday they can't hear the questioner, okay? So, uh, what Usama is basically saying is that this whole issue concerning the izar, is this with respect to uh, just menstruation or is it for uh, fasting as well? And some scholars did say that, that this is to be applied to uh, any time where it is impermissible to have sexual relations. But I, as well as obviously the majority of scholars, find it a ridiculous position. It's like very, uh, it doesn't, that's not to disrespect those who held it, but it's just so, so far-fetched. You'd have to make so many stretches of, of the understanding of that narration to apply it to the, that one. It's really focusing on the statement where, the, where the Aisha said that he is more in control of his desires than you. And they really took that as a kind of like, you know, men can't go there, men can't handle it. And so once you build on top of that, then you start to put the you know barrier, then wrap her up and do this and do that. And then, okay, you know, not in administration only, during fasting as well. And then, you know, it's a, it, it, goes, it goes more and more and more. Um, what I meant was, they take from that and they say that from, even if you're fasting, anything is permissible except for penetration. Have you heard of this? I think it's a tribute to oh, Shaq Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, this position is the correct position. I said that. I said that at the beginning. Wild that, fasting. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know so, what? When, uh, when, when, when I said that, uh, when I said at the beginning, I think that a sheikh was asked. A woman came. Did I not answer that question? Oh, right. That's why. Sorry. Yeah, I said to you that a sheikh was went this way, didn't I? Uh, I said to you that one day a sheikh was asked by a, a sister. You know, that I couldn't, you know, I needed my sexual gratification <laughs> and my husband was fasting. Okay. Yeah, I didn't answer it, did I? Okay, all right, all right, okay. Yeah. So I was going to say that the correct answer is actually that um, he is allowed to pleasure her in any way that she requires. Okay. And some scholars even said, okay, even said that um, she can, uh, he can yeah, and even go to the private parts as long as he avoids the blood, which is like, yani, you know, that's, you know, minus how that sounds, it's just such a risky position, okay? And you'll see the majority of scholars don't go there at all. 
as I said, look at the majority, what they said. The majority said that, you know, uh, uh, navel to knee, nothing, and a barrier. The Hanbali said, don't need a barrier, not navel to knee, just the private parts. You can do the thighs and this and that, whatever. Yep. Whereas this next position is saying you can even use the private parts as well as long as you avoid, because it's not always bleeding, for example, you know, um, as we're going to come to in the text uh, soon, that uh, menstruation often happens where it's three days bleeding and then nothing for one or two days, and then two days of bleeding. Okay? So you could, on day four and five, you know, know that she's menstruating and she knows that she's menstruating, but there's absolutely nothing from any kind of sign. So it makes complete sense to, do, you know, from a sexual point of view, to involve the private parts. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Uh, the, the scholars basically were saying that the illa, right, is the blood and not the intercourse. Okay, and if you believe that, then that position. So I would not. I won't criticize that position. I think it's well held. So. That he gave that answer and he said it is permissible for you as long as you are able to control your, your desires. So um, what I want to say is that the answer to the question that you're asking about the fasting uh, person is that, that, is entirely, that the correct position is that it's entirely specific to the person who is fasting. It's all about what they are able to control and the wife. There's no way that anyone can uh, say that the woman has to do this. There's an understanding, though, that if there is a couple that are involved with a lot of intercourse and so on and so forth, then measures should be taken. You know, maybe such as, for example, no-go kind of, you know, zone or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, is there anything else I want to say about that? Anything? I think. No. Okay. Can huh? I just clarify? Yeah. Yeah. You said if the man <coughs> penetrates the woman while she's and he doesn't ejaculate yes. while she's on her uh, period. He doesn't have to do whistle. Did I get that right? Yeah. No, no, no. I said that um, that he does whistle for the penetration. Right. Okay. The, the, as we as we learned in year three, the whistle is initiated by penetration. Yep. By ejaculation, yep. and here he has to therefore make whistle. But what he was not commanded to do the point I was making yesterday is to make ghusl of his private parts not only of his private parts and what his private parts might touch and uh, the surrounding like again you know like I've said a couple of times throughout the, the last three years when we study fiqh you cannot think of your life yeah you've got to think 1400 years ago Desert, huts, one cloth which is being used for the tablecloth, for the clothes, whatever. Today, someone has sexual relations, okay? The, uh, the immediate thing is to change all the cloth, change the sheets, change the clothes, new everything. You understand know what I'm trying to say? It's just done, the normal kind of understanding. Whereas, if someone is wearing an izar and they engage in intercourse, izar goes back on again. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Izar goes back on again. And then they're off to don't make their ghusl in the corner, yeah, or outside, or a public bathing, whatever. There's no yani this, uh, you know, let me just get, a, a, you know, a new set of robes for you, sir. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, uh, that's like, you know, uh, not happening. And so that fact that he's going to put on that izad, it means that his private parts are going to touch the club, صح? And we know from the taysir of, of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the taysir of this deen, the easiness of this deen, is that the sexual fluids are pure. 
So her sexual fluids are pure, and his sexual fluids are pure. So after intercourse, he can actually put on the same underwear, and it'd be dirty, and he could have a shower and put the same back on again. Do you understand? Now that we can't ever imagine that, but just because we can't imagine it doesn't change the ruling. Yeah, because the day will come when you recognize and you use that kind of behavior. Believe me, okay. I always say to people, don't get too comfortable, don't get too stable in the life that you see. As the Prophet ﷺ said, be in this dunya like a stranger or a traveler. I'm telling you, man, that's the best advice you would ever get. Never feel too comfortable. Always be ready, Annie, that when, when as what's what is the, the famous, uh, the greatest line in film history, okay? Robert De Niro in Heat. The heat the, when the heat comes around the corner, you got to be ready to go in 50, 7 minutes, 15 seconds. 30 seconds flat. 30 seconds flat, صح? That is the sunnah, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I never heard that line. I remember I was watching that like it was about 20, 22, 21, I don't know, 18, 19, 20 years ago. I can't remember when it was. Yeah, I tell you, I used to work in cinema, yeah? Yeah, I used to work in cinema. I've, I've watched that film maybe about 51 times or 52 times. I should have memorized every line. It's just that because I've now got such a bad memory, I forget everything, okay? So, but, uh, you know, I used to sit there. I, used to, I was one of those bellboys, you know what I'm saying? I used to sit there and just watch that line again and again. And sitting there, oh, you know, you know, a lot of people get, they go, they, they fanboy out over that whole Pacino and De Niro moment. I was that guy, man. <laughs> And that's where it's got to be. Seriously, you've got to be ready. You know, this is a country, you know, everything's unstable, life is unstable, death is around the corner, you don't know who might go, what might happen, you don't know, earthquakes, climate change, well, not anything can happen. That's the great advantage of films that it's brought the craziness to life, and you've seen that everything could happen, and it's got, if it doesn't change your mindset, then you're just wasting your time. You're always wasting your time. Just anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, go. Quick, quick, maybe yeah. quick question, how can uh, a woman be satisfied uh, Stroke orgasm if she's wearing an izar, would this not show that this area is not to be touched at all? No, that's that's a statement which is not a, a, a not in not in uh, congruence with sexual uh, orgasms. Women can orgasm from an ear. Women can orgasm from any erogenous zone. It doesn't necessarily have to be penetration to have full orgasm. Some men, miskin, yeah, they just look at women and <laughs> Okay. <laughs> This is where this is where we speak the truth, brothers. Al-haq, 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 yuqal. The truth is the truth, and the truth is to be said. Fiqh, ya akhi. Yeah, so that's so, so what I'm saying. So obviously, I told you, I, like I, I gave the example that when it comes to sexual gratification, yani, the, 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 the very highest is, uh, is, is full intercourse, yes? And then uh, there's a scale. Everything is somewhere along that line. Can you... So, so, so to answer your question, she's right. She's not going to have the full experience, and neither is he, until everything is fully allowed again. But that doesn't mean she doesn't orgasm or have a sexual experience. Yeah. Can you please repeat the difference between ghusl and ghusl? Ghusl is washing. Ghusl is a bath. Okay. Ghusl is to wash. Okay. Uh, uh, to wash something, and ghusl is the full action. Is the action of having the bath. I'm going to do a ghusl. So I pour the water over myself, start right hand side, left hand side, whatever. Last question, last Is it permissible for a woman to engage in sexual intercourse after menstruation but before ghusl? We're going to come to that. Or ruling on menstruation. We're going to come to that. Okay, that's, a, that's an actual part of the <laughs> class. Okay then. وَإِذَا انْكَتَعَ الدَّمْ وَلَمْ تَغْتَسِلْ لَمْ يُبَحْ غَيْرَ الصِّيَامْ وَالطَّلَاقِ Okay. 
if the blood stops and she has not yet made ghusl, this is like when someone asks a question and doesn't read the next line. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if the blood stops and she has not yet made ghusl, she can fast and be divorced, but nothing else. Okay, right? It's exactly the, dealing with the issue, what the sister asked. Can a sister, can someone have intercourse? And it's a very common scenario, okay? Because maybe there's no reason for her to, to you know, you, some people think that as soon as menstruation stops, the woman uh, immediately has a bath. Why? What if, for example, she's woken up at, uh, I don't know, say, 8 o'clock, yes? There's no salah needed for another 8 hours. What that salah, what that salah be? Dhuhr, okay? So she doesn't need to technically have a bath for another 8 hours. You following me, yes? Yeah? So she wakes up at 8 o'clock in the morning. She's had a nice seven <coughs> standard, regular 7-day menstru- menstruation. And now she's definitely clean. She had a doubt about last night. But now she knows, yeah, that tomorrow I'm going to be alright. And then she wakes up 8 o'clock and she's now clean. Okay? Clean in that she stopped menstruating. She stopped bleeding. It's the end of her menses. <coughs> right. Now, the next thing that she needs to do is nothing. She can rain like that now. Okay? When she's prayer time, she has to obviously make ghusl for it. Now, if a man is there and his wife, he hasn't had intercourse for eight days, seven days, whatever, and then my girl's giving it, you know, you wait another eight hours, whatever, I'm having a chill. Yeah? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? This is actually a lot more common than you can imagine. So, a lot of people ask the question, what can happen before the ghusl is made? Make sense, everybody? Yeah? yeah? Okay, good. So, according to the Hanbalis, all right, Everything is impermissible. And that's basically referring to um, uh, 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 no, it, 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 yeah, about it as well, of course. Salah, obviously. But um, uh, it's, it, in general, it's referring to um, intercourse. It's referring to sexual relations, you know, in, in the main. Let's look at this. Yeah, Ani? Uh, only fasting is allowed and talaq. Okay, let's look at fasting first. Um... Uh, that's simple. Do you, would you agree? Okay. Why is fasting allowed? Because even the one who is in a state of janaba can start fasting. We know that the Prophet ﷺ would wake up, okay, and he's in a state of janaba, and uh, he has his suhoor, uh, his you know, he he has his little food for thingy, and then for fajr goes, and then he makes his ghusl and walks straight into the prayer. So the ghusl is after the adhan, صح? And if it's after the adhan, that means the fast has started. So therefore, to be in a state of wudu is not a condition for the... Because fasting is a niyyah, isn't it? Yeah? Fasting is a niyyah. So likewise, if my girl is, is, has stopped thingy, you know, and she wakes up in the morning and uh, she checks herself and she's clean, all right? She doesn't have to have a bath, all right? She can wait an hour or whatever, let Fajr start, and then she can have her bath. The intention for fasting, obviously, should be beforehand, you know, depending on what kind of fast it is. So, uh, so that's clear. Is that, is that, is that okay, uh, everybody? Right. Um, and just for, just for completion, uh, narrated by Bukhari, the Prophet uh, uh, said, uh, Aisha said that the Prophet used to wake up in a state of Janaba, uh, uh, in a state of Janaba from intercourse, not a wet dream. Okay, <coughs> from intercourse, not a wet, not not uh, not a wet dream in Ramadan, and then he would fast. Very clear text, yeah, and the end of story. Yeah. Um, now, what's interesting is that. Uh, Sheikh Uthameen says, and this is more for the students who study the text, is that the author, he did not say before, he has not mentioned already, that divorce is haram. He never mentioned that, yeah? But here, because he said divorce is allowed, that obviously indicates that 
previously it was. Yeah, previously it was uh, haram. Um, so why is it uh, permissible? Because the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, مُرْهُ فَلْيُرَاجِعْهَا ثُمَّ لِيُطَلِّقْهَا طَاهِرًا أَوْ حَامِلًا This is what he said to uh, Abdullah ibn Umar. Very famous hadith, okay, which is narrated by uh, uh, Ibn Umar. Ibn Umar, he divorced his wife while she was menstruating. Okay, this is a very famous incident. And when he did that, and the Prophet Sallallahu found out about it, he said to her, he, he said to him, sorry, go, take her back, yani, you know, take her back, all right? And if you are, yani, if you really want to do this and you're not going back, then uh, you divorce her when she's in her clean period, in her tahiran or hamila. You can only divorce her when she's pure or she is pregnant, okay? Not when she is in her menstrual cycle, okay? And how is a woman pure? It's pure when she stops bleeding, okay? In Qutaudam. So the question is asked, is it permissible to have intercourse, okay? The answer is no, Shaykh Uthameen says. The evidence for that is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in uh, Surah Al-Baqarah, okay, verse 222, he says the translation, and they ask you, uh, no, 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 right, Say menstruation is a painful, painful condition, so keep away from women during it. Do not approach them until they are cleansed. Okay? And when they are cleansed, you may approach them as God has ordained, as Allah has ordained. Okay? That's verse 222. Alright? Once they are cleansed, you may approach them min haythu amarakumullah. However, has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded you. So, it might be said, المرأة إذا كانت عليها جنابة جاز أن تجامع قبل الغسل فكذلك هذه أيضا. He, 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 he said, uh, he said um, but if a woman is in a state of janaba, yeah, state of janaba, uh, she's allowed to have uh, intercourse again before making a ghusl. Yes? She can have repeated intercourse without having to purify herself each time. Yes? Okay? So, the um, the answer to that is, this is a qiyas, which is muqabilat nas. This is an analogy, yani opposing a direct text. You can't make a qiyas when there's a direct text on the matter. That ayah is not talking about impurity, that the ayah is specifically talking about menstruation. So how can you use a qiyas on sexual impurity? And apply it to menstruation. Is that the same for the man as well? That if he wants to have it, because again, he doesn't have to. No. Yeah. Co- correct. 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 He doesn't have to make also. It's only. Even it's only recommended. Even wudu. Recommended, not obligatory. Okay. Istinja and wudu is something which is recommended. Um, it's a salam. Yes. Does that mean that he went to sleep without wudu? Correct. The question is, is that is it uh, uh, the fact that the Prophet Sallallahu woke up in a state of janaba? Does that mean that he went to sleep with a ghusl? Answered correct. But as always, also said he did make istinja and wudu. That was the sunnah. That's the way. The sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu after after janaba is to make istinja, clean the private parts, and make ghusl. This is what we call takhfiful janaba. Uh, uh, make wudu. Sorry, and this is called yani lessening the. Uh, uh, state of impurity and it doesn't push the angels away and we want the angels to stay you, you, you know what I'm trying to say they don't like being around a person who is sexually defiled 
and sexual defilement is of different levels. <coughs> and so when someone does that, it reduces the reduces the thing. And, and we had a big discussion on that. You need to go. You need to. You need to go back to the text. We covered that in detail. Okay, in detail. Now a question might be said in the Arabic. Okay. Okay, so don't get close to don't, don't approach them until they purify themselves. And when they have purified themselves, once they have purified themselves, then go to them. Then go to them, however, as Allah has ordained you. The purify themselves. What if it's what if someone says, clean themselves? Okay, yeah, not although to clean themselves from the, the blood. Okay, yani a dam. What if that's argued? Yani clean yourself from the purify yourself from the physical area. And the answer is that that is indeed what some scholars said. And Ibn Hazm, alayhi rahmatullah, he said exactly that. But what we will, what we will say, and you'll see, you know, I told you about um, uh, um, uh, um, his book Mahalla. You can see the reference to it at the bottom of page 484. He said, uh, says, but we're going to say to him that in the murad and that's okay. In Surah Al-Ma'idah, in both verses, in both places of verse 6, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if you are in a state of sexual impurity, فطحروا, purify yourself. And there's a consensus of all the scholars that this فطحروا does not mean to clean yourself from any kind of you know, whatever, it means to make ghusl. So the same verb and the same verb, the same word and the same form has been used in verse in Surah Al-Baqarah, فَإِذَا تَطَّهَّرْنَا That is the uh, 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 same verb of the uh, uh, imperative فَطَّهَّرُوا And here it means ghusl, so there it means ghusl. And end of the story. Um, uh, here, here, no, because because no, and the reason we don't use that is because it won't fit in this and it won't fit in this. There's no discussion about wudu here. Okay, there's no discussion about wudu. The discussion is either do we clean the area, because wudu wouldn't make any sense. It would be nonsensical. Yeah, what does that mean? Right? It would either be to clean the place or to have full ghusl. Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned like um, sexual intercourse would be permitted if she is like not uh, bleeding for quite some days during her menstrual cycle, like a day might go and she's not. No, no, I didn't say that. Oh, okay, very important. I said that would be the classical. I, I, uh, uh, I'm glad you asked that question. Okay, all right. So um, just to make it clear, everybody. Um, I said that it is very common, not very common, but yani, some women in their menstrual cycle, they have what we call a dam wa niqa. Okay? Dam wa niqa. So they will have like two days of proper bleeding, and then one day absolutely nothing at all, or two days or a couple of hours of nothing at all, then the blood returns. And we're still definitely in the menses. Okay? All of that clean period in the middle is menses. It's not allowed at all for any intercourse or anything whatsoever. What I was made, the point I made early on was something completely different. What I said is that a guy, and maybe the woman as well, they look at the thing and they say, well, the issue really is blood. 
right? Okay? Okay, I've been told I can't have intercourse because Allah has said that very clearly in the Quran. But maybe I can sexually pleasure her in other ways, in the private parts, without touching the blood because it's not even there. And that might, you know, if a guy thinks like that, he might think like that within the menses in this two clean days or one clean day in the middle of the menses. And that would be a huge mistake. Does that make sense? Yeah. Repeat questions, please. Yeah. So one thing, if, if we say a woman has um, three days, as in the regular uh, menses are, <coughs> say, six days. Yes, there, yes. And she has... Uh, four days yes. <coughs> of bleeding, yes, and then uh, two days where it stops. Basically, is it possible for her to have only the cycle of four days when usually it's six? So she would be confused with. Yeah, it it, it 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 is possible. We're coming to that. That's that that that's that's that, that's probably the main subject of the day. And just to answer your question now, just so that you you know get satisfied with the answer, that it is possible for it to be four, but the menses would have to end. She would have to have a white discharge or some form of discharge, which she knows has shown the, the menses to end. If the menses does not end and the bleeding stops after four days, this does not mean the menses is over. Okay, there's a difference between bleeding stopping. This is very important. Women know this very well. There's a difference between bleeding stopping and the menses ending. There's an end point, And that end point is a discharge. And, it, and we'll talk about that. Okay, we'll take a break. We will come back in exactly... 10 minutes, okay? Exactly 10 minutes. <coughs> Jazakumullah. <coughs>